This is We Need to Talk About Sam, a podcast where a Supernatural superfan and a Supernatural newbie discuss every single episode of the hit CW show. This week, we'll be covering Season 2, Episode 11, Playthings. I'm Kenzie. I'm Haley. And we need to talk about Sam. getting a little raspy we're we both talking for little two throatier? hours <laughs> i think i'm a little throatier than i usually am oops i didn't include i'm not planning to include most of that two hours i'll probably i'm gonna listen through it and pick out like oh this is a funny <laughs> bit oh i should include that you know but <laughs> i did have most a, of that is gonna end up on the cutting room floor while you're in the bathroom i did have a I that's could, what she said joke <laughs> I could hear you talking. I came out of the bathroom. I was like, is, is Haley talking? <laughs> hey, I had to fill some dead air, okay? <laughs> it was cute. All right. Let's get into this episode. This is a good episode. This is a really it's good a really episode. Good one. <sighs> Season two is just full of really yeah. great standalone episodes. It's got one of my favorite, like, car- or season arcs. And it's got a bunch of my, like, not favorite, but it's got a bunch of really good standalone episodes. Yeah. You know, like, Hunted, which yeah. was kind of standalone, kind of, it kind of walked the line, Playthings, Roadkill in a few weeks, Night Shifter. I'm so excited. I love Roadkill. It's probably one of my Holy. favorite Roadkill that I've seen so far. amazing. It's such a good episode. But for now, we are getting into Playthings, um, and we open this episode with our, our recap. We get the family business, we get the dad, dad said that John, or, um... Let me try that sentence again. <laughs> John said that Dean might have to kill Sam. Um, we get reintroduced to Ava and how she's missing. And we also kind of get... We also touch on how Dean is like, no, I'm going to do my best to protect you no matter what you say. Uh, which is very Dean. Very Dean. Um, and then we go... We start at the Pierpoint Inn, which is in Connecticut. Um... We meet Susan, uh, Susan Thompson, I think, and she's showing a, a, a mover, I guess, where some boxes she's packed are, and we learn that she's closing the inn, which has been like a local kind of landmark for a long time, because the guy's like, oh, my parents got engaged here, and she's like, yeah, a lot of people got engaged here. <laughs> <laughs> um, and while she's showing this mover, we see there um, two little girls, Tyler and Maggie, uh like sitting up on the landing and they are upset that this man is taking the toys that they don't play with anymore um, which is very little kid they don't want it <laughs> until you try to take it and now they want it yeah <laughs> <laughs> um so susan because <laughs> maggie says son of a bitch and then tyler says son of a bitch and then susan says language or like you know don't say that language <laughs> <laughs> and then tyler's like well maggie said it first <laughs> And Susan's like, well, tell Maggie not to swear. (laughs) Um, I love the way they do this because they make it feel like Maggie is real. But at the same time, like, Susan never talks directly to Maggie. So we're already getting little hints that Maggie, there's something off with Maggie. 
And it, in this first scene, you might have pat, might be able to pass it off as like, oh, she didn't hear Maggie swear; she only yeah. heard Tyler. But but the way that she has Tyler pass on the message well, when Maggie's right there, <laughs> I think is she a says bit. something like, um, "Well, that goes for Tyler too, or something like that." She, like doesn't it doesn't like directly talk to Tyler. I'm no, sorry. Tyler's the Maggie. Real. That's what I mean. Um, she says here. I have the the um transcript open. Oh, she does. She does say, "Watch your mouth, too, Maggie." But it's there are some other scenes where she doesn't quite like she talks through Tyler to Maggie. Yeah. Um, that is not my notes. Where the fuck did my notes go? There they are. <laughs> okay. I need to take but, a picture of my list, by the way. Okay. You could just type it up. I guess I could. That's what I did. Um, so Tyler goes to, it said this was her room, but I don't think it is. I think it's just, like, the doll room. I think it's, like, the ent- the, the entryway into, like, the, the private part of the house that Tyler and her mom live in. Um, and, but it's full of these creepy antique dolls. Um, and it had, she, there's a, a replica of the inn, a dollhouse-sized replica, and she starts, like, putting the little dolls to bed and stuff, and she puts one in a rocking chair, um, and then she, like, is playing, putting some of the other ones in their places, and she looks back to the rocking chair, and the doll is gone, and she finds it at the bottom of the staircase, with his head twisted backwards. Yep. Um, it's creepy, and she hears a scream and goes out to see her mom calling 911, and the mover laying at the bottom of the staircase with his head twisted backwards. Just like the doll was. Yeah, oh, I didn't like that. That was... <laughs> I guess, uh, oh, ick. That's really, Very I struggle well with, like, neck, head injury stuff a lot. Yeah, like, they oh. definitely creep me out. Yeah, I think this is when we get our splash screen and we open on Sam in a motel room. He's been looking for Ava and he hasn't found anything. I think he's just gotten off the phone with Ellen um, yeah. when Dean arrives. Uh, they kind of like reiterate that neither of them have a fucking clue where Ava went like she vanished into thin air Sam says that Ellen has a case for them at a hotel in Connecticut baby I'm gonna fall out of my chair <laughs> oh sorry <laughs> um and there's like two strange deaths in the last month um and he's like all gung ho about it which Dean is kind of surprised by um yeah. and I think Dean at first, I was like, why does Dean think Sam would be moping so much over this girl that he knew for, like, a day? And then I realized it's because Sam, like, feels guilty about Ava, because he literally told her, like, go home, you'll be safe there. Yeah. And she wasn't safe there, and so he's, I think he's expecting more Sam to be wallowing in his guilt a little more, but Sam's like, I'm not just gonna, like, let other people die <laughs> while I mope about not being able to find Ava. Like, he's like, I'm not giving up on her. But at the same time, like, I'm not gonna just sit around. Yeah. Um, so Dean's like, okay. I think Dean says that mindset is way too healthy for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they, he's like, cool, we'll take the case. And they drive to Connecticut. Uh, Dean is very excited about this hotel. Uh, he's like, when do we ever get to do cases like this? Because <laughs> it's kind of an old school haunted house vibe. Which I do, that's another thing I love about this episode. It's kind of the... the old school haunted house yeah vibes you get um but as they're going into the hotel sam notices what he calls a five spot carved into he calls it an urn i call 
the, the big stone vase thing um, by the front steps. I thought it was a bird bath. He calls it an urn, so. Hmm. I mean, I'm not sure, I'm sure it's not an urn that, like, somebody's ashes are in, but so I think it's have, just like, a... They have, like, decorative urns, which are kind of, yeah. like, big pots and stuff. I think it's just a big vase thing. Um, but he, he explains that this is a hoodoo symbol for warding off evil. Um, so maybe it isn't a ghost. They thought it was a ghost, maybe it's not. But, so the boys go inside and they meet Susan. Um, Maggie and Tyler run through here briefly. Um, and Susan's like, oh, you guys might be our last guests because the hotel's closing soon. Uh, she's like, are you antiquers? <laughs> and they're like, yeah, yeah. And then she's like, cool. Yeah. He's like, how'd you know? And she's like, oh, you look the type. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> well, she does think they're gay. And so. then, and then she's like, one king. And the boys are like, oh, no, no. <laughs> this is the third time that they have been mistaken for a couple. Because we have bugs. We have, um, something wicked. Yeah. The kid and something wicked. And now we have playthings. So this is the third time they've been mistaken for a couple. I think it's funny every time. <laughs> Kripke kind of has a thing for that. Like, he, I think he's talked about this. About the, like, kind of questionableness of Sam and Dean's relationship was on purpose. Really? Um, if I remember correctly, I may, I may be remembering incorrectly, but, like, that's something that my friends and I have kind of discussed. That he, that, like, he did it on purpose. <laughs> um, so Susan gives the boys a room key. They're in, like, 237 or something. I don't remember. Um, Sam asks about the urn on the front porch and, like, where she got it, and she says it's been with the house as long as she can remember. She doesn't know where it's from. And she asks Sherwin, who is the bellboy creepy old butler guy butler i don't know i don't know what his job title is but he's not that creepy he's a little creepy now but I think he's, he's super creepy really? the whole time <laughs> i think he's a little creepy at first but then like when dean goes down and like has a drink with him yeah kind of softens up a little bit um but he he sherwin shows All the boys are signs if i was staying at this hotel that i would get the fuck out of here <laughs> no thank you <laughs> Uh, so Sherwin shows the boys up to the room, um, and in the room, Dean is like, no wonder they're closing, who would want to stay here? Because there's literally, like, a wedding dress pinned to the wall. Yes, it's so weird. <laughs> what is that decor choice? I would not be able to sleep. Um, Sam's going over the victim profiles, and essentially both of the victims were helping in shutting the, the hotel down. Um, so maybe since they're thinking it might be hoodoo, maybe someone doesn't want to leave. Um, so, like, could it be Sherwin? Maybe. Could it be Susan? I don't think so. She's the one closing the hotel. It couldn't be the kid, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, this is when Dean asks why everyone thinks they're gay. <laughs> Sam says he's kind of butch, so maybe they think he's overcompensating. <laughs> Poor Dean. <laughs> Dean does not think this is very funny. <laughs> oh. So the boys kind of, they go to explore the hotel a little bit. Um, Sam spots the same five, is he called a five spot, right? Yeah, the same five spot symbol on the inside of a vase. Um, at, outside of, uh, the, a door marked private. Um, and this is the door to the doll room. Um, when they knock on it, Susan answers and she says she's in the middle of packing. And this is so awkward. 
Because Dean's, like, trying to find an excuse to, like, get in the room, and then he spots the antique dolls and just throws Sam right under the bus. (laughs) Just no hesitation. Sam likes dolls. (laughs) Poor Sam. This happens repeatedly, and it's never not funny. Because there's... Sam's like... Yes, There's like I love them. <laughs> small moments like in um, Hookman when they're at the, f- the frat house and the guy's painting himself purple, blue, I don't remember. And he's like, you help me get my back. And Dean's like, he's the painter. <laughs> and makes Sam paint the back of his back. There's this. There's a moment in the Christmas episode. Um, there's the in the Bedtime Stories episode. He... He says Sam is the, like, forensic artist. <laughs> Just... Dean. <laughs> I think it's, a like, a lot if you're an older sibling, though. Oh, yeah. A hundred percent. As a couple of older siblings. Is the Christmas episode this season? No, that's season three. Okay. We are not going to get to that episode until January, I think. At the soonest. Probably closer to February. <laughs> You'll get our Christmas special in February. Yep. <sighs> but, so the boys managed to talk their way into the room to so Sam can look at the dolls. Um, but he immediately becomes fascinated by the dollhouse, which is a, like, custom-built mm-hmm. replica of the inn, which is really cool. It's really cool, yeah. Um, and he finds the broken doll, the one with its head twisted backwards. Um, Susan says that Tyler might have done it, but this is when Tyler comes in and says that Maggie is being mean. And Susan says, well, tell Maggie I said to be nice, or <laughs> something like that. And um, Tyler insists that she didn't break the doll, and neither did Maggie, because these are Grandma Rose's toys, and she would be really upset if they broke her toys. Um, and this is where we learned that um, Susan's mother, Rose, lives with them, but isn't doing well. She's She's pretty ill and isn't well enough for visitors. Because um, Sam asks to talk to Rose about the dolls. So yeah. this is where the boys split up to do research. I think Dean goes to research the victims and Sam's job is to research Grandma Rose. Which he doesn't do. <laughs> he does something else instead. He, he gets drunk out of his <laughs> mind. <laughs> he gets wasted. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the boys split up, and we cut to a little bit later. Susan is signing some paperwork with a guy who's a representative of the company that's buying the hotel, and she learns from this guy that the they the company is planning to demolish it. Um, which she seems a little upset by, but I mean she grew up in this house, so yeah. I mean, I think you'd be a little upset too. Like, like she knows she has to sell it. I th- I'm assuming she's like it's for like financial reasons. Yeah, you know. But the, at the same time, the like, hotel's not doing very well. So. Yeah. So. Which I can't imagine why. <laughs> Maybe it's the wedding dresses pinned to the wall. Maybe it's the whole creepy everything about yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, it's a nice enough building, but it definitely like has some creepy like. There's some details that just push it from like nice but old fashioned into definitely haunted. <laughs> yeah. So. And it is a creepy old butler and the wedding dresses pinned to the wall. And I'm never gonna let that fucking wedding dress go. It is <laughs> everything else. <laughs> Why? Oh, uh, but so from there we cut up to Tyler playing with the dolls in the dollhouse. Um, or I think she's playing. She's playing with some dolls, like with her back to the dollhouse. In one of the rooms in the dollhouse, there's a doll sitting on a bed, and I love the way they cross cut this. 
between the doll and the actual guy is the guy who told Susan that the company's planning to demolish the hotel. Yeah. The way they cut That's back cool. and forth. And super creepy. It's super creepy. Um, you get, like, the door in the dollhouse creeps, creaks open, and then the door in his bedroom <laughs> creaks open, and, and then just, like, and then we see him take his tie off. Sitting on the bed with his back to the yeah, door. He's yeah. just sitting there, like, what the fuck is he doing? Meditating? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea what this man is doing. But we see him take his tie off, and then we cut back to Tyler playing with her dolls, and she turns to look at the dollhouse and sees them the doll man hanging from the ceiling fan. Uh, and then we cut to the actual room in the hotel where the man is also hanging. I think by his tie. Yeah. Yeah. And this is kind of like after I'd say like late early evening. Yeah. Kind of. Probably around five or six just because the sun goes down soon but um by the time the paramedics are there it's dark it's dark yeah so we catch a brief glimpse of sam up in their the boys hotel room um and he like peeks out the window and sees susan talking to the the coroner and the police um and he just closes the curtains and goes back inside um dean i think dean's getting back to the hotel because i think he left Mm -hmm. um and he, he comes up to Susan and learns what happened. Um, and she's like, I understand if you want to leave. Yeah. <laughs> he says it'll take more than this to scare me off or something like that. But he goes back up to the room and finds a very, very drunk Sam Winchester. <laughs> very uh, drunk. Extremely drunk. <laughs> oh, boy. Dean's like, this, really? <laughs> He's In like, the middle of a case. Drunk? <laughs> <laughs> Sam is so sassy. It's very little brother, and I love it. Let me find... Very sassy. Uh, it's the king size scene. The lawyer. Oh, he's a lawyer. Okay, doll lawyer. <laughs> uh, yeah, Dean comes in. You're bossy and short. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Are you drunk? Yeah. So? (laughs) Um, did Sam, uh, either he got drunk real fast or he's been drinking for a while. I was saying, like, (laughs) it seems like he got drunk super fast. The, like, the way they pace it, like, makes it look like it happened real fast. But, Sam... I guess it's been a couple hours, but... Yeah. Um... This is kind of, it kind of feels out of nowhere, but I think it's supposed to feel a little out of nowhere, because it's out of nowhere for Dean. Like, he's like, was not expecting to have to deal with wasted little brother tonight. What the fuck is going on? Um, so I assume Sam, it happened after he saw the guy getting hanged, right? But, well, he saw the guy getting taken away. Yeah, so I think but that's Dean what triggered had, like, it, right? But Dean had, like, arrived then. Yeah, that's why I'm so, confused. yeah. I'm assuming that Sam was already getting drunk, and... I kind of thought that's what triggered it, but maybe not. I don't know. I I think I've always figured that, like, when he peeks out the window, he is already drunk. Maybe. And now he's... But... And this... Seeing the, you know, corner taking away a body, like... Triggers something. I guess. I mean... He probably, like, didn't just see the corner taking away the body. He probably, like, saw the cops arriving and the, all that. Yeah. So... Because he's been there. So, I'm assuming... He started drinking earlier. 
<laughs> and then what happened triggers his rant, which is he he is upset about his inability to save people. Because in Sam's eyes, the more people he saves, the more he changes his destiny. Because um, saving people makes him a good person. Um, but I, this scene... Poor Sammy. Because <laughs> Sam begs Dean to watch out for him, which Sam Dean's like, duh. Like, <laughs> I'd do that anyway. <laughs> you don't have to ask me. I was already planning on it. Um, and then he says that if Sam says that if he turns into something he's not, Dean has to kill him. Um, and so I think Sam has kind of been, this is stuff coming out of Sam that he's been burying for a couple episodes. Well, a couple episodes being an episode. Because um, <laughs> he only learned at the beginning of Hunted Yeah. what John had said. Which I assume has been at least... A week or so. Yeah. Or two. So he's know. been kind of shoving this down a bit, and now he's drunk and his filter is gone. <laughs> and it is all coming pouring out. Uh, and Dean <laughs> clearly is a little bit, like, wasn't, he wasn't expecting he's to have to do this. He's a little surprised. He's a little caught off guard. Um, he calls, Dean says that he, he's like, no, I'm not gonna kill you, and Sam's like, well, Dad said I, that you would have to, that you might have to, and Dean's like, Dad's an ass. Jesus, <laughs> Sam's, Sam's like, Sam's <laughs> face, he's like, oh my god. You just said that? You just, what? <laughs> he's so genuinely surprised, because I think Sam often um, thinks of Dean as, like, John's you know, perfect soldier sometimes, and I think Sam forgets that before, especially these days, before John, or before Dean is John's, like, quote-unquote perfect soldier, he is Sam's big brother. Yeah. And, like, Sam is Dean's number one priority. John can go fuck himself. Like, (laughs) Sam comes first. And it's, it's the same way around for Sam. Like, John literally says at the end of, um, season one, he's like, nothing... You know, the finding the demon comes before everything, and Sam looks at Dean in the rearview mirror of the Impala and says, "No, sir, not everything." Like, yeah, the boys, hey, they have not figured out yet <laughs> that they are each other's number one priority. Yeah, like I think they kind of, kind of know, but they ha- it hasn't been explicitly stated by either of them, and so when it's like like hinted at they're still a little surprised by it yeah so but sam is also extremely grabby during this scene (laughs) (laughs) after he gets dean to promise he like grabs his face he's like a little baby a little bit (laughs) he's really cute when he's drunk (laughs) it's, it's very very little brother um but sam makes dean promise that he will basically follow john's orders uh and Dean does not want to promise, but Sam is not giving up, and so Dean, like, gives in. Um, and with that done, Dean manages to get Sam to lay down. Um, fun fact, this is the last episode we see Sam in a cast. Um. <laughs> I keep forgetting he's wearing a cast. <laughs> Me too. But yes, he does. But now, Dean needs a drink of his own. Uh, and <laughs> Sam has drank all the alcohol in the room, so <laughs> he has to go downstairs to... He, he goes down to the bar where he finds Sherwin, who offers Dean a drink. Um, and this is the scene that had me warm up to Sherwin a little bit, because um, 
Dean, like, Dean brings up the recent deaths, and he's like, it's almost like this hotel is cursed, and Sherwin's like, every hotel has spilled blood. You know? Which is true. Like, every hotel has its dark stories, unless it's, like, brand new. Just opened. (laughs) Sherwin says that, like, he knows this hotel. He, because he literally grew up here. Like, his, his father worked there before him. He grew up in this house the same way Susan did. Um, he's not Susan's age, but, like, yeah. you know, he knows he knows his house and its stories. Um, and Dean says he would like to hear some stories, and Sherwin's like, you should know better than to ask an old man for stories. <laughs> but, uh, Dean does know that old men, little, old old men are the, the best for, like, the those stories. Yeah. For getting important information. Um, once again, once again, the boys are turning to, a an old man for some knowledge. <laughs> So Sherwin shows Dean a picture of um, young Susan and her mother Rose. Uh, and we learn that the hotel was the family estate. It was Rose's home. Um, Dean spots another picture of a, a an older picture of a young girl and asks who that is. And um, Sherwin says it's Rose and that the the black woman she's pictured with was her nanny. Um, and Dean notices that the, the black woman is wearing a pendant identical to the, the five spot they've been seeing around the house. Um, I can't remember what the nanny's name is. I don't know if she's named. Yeah. I don't think she's named. Um, but this is... Yeah. So, this is potentially the person who, like, taught, um, Rose hoodoo. They, he figures. So we cut to the next morning. Sam is very hungover. He has many regrets, uh, (laughs) especially when Dean tells him that the best cure for a hangover is a greasy pork sandwich served on a dirty ashtray. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) No, thank you. Yeah. Um, because <laughs> Dean says, I guess misking, missing, I guess mixing whiskey and Jaeger wasn't such a gangbuster idea. And Sam says, I can still taste the tequila. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the, the greasy pork sandwich, dirty ashtray thing was a t- an attempt to get Sam to like grow up more, which would get it out of his system. Mm faster, but I'm not entirely sure. Or he's just being a dick. Yeah, (laughs) That seems more in character. (laughs) Yeah. Um, He tells Sam that he learned last night that Rose had a Creole nanny who wore a hoodoo necklace and probably taught Rose hoodoo. Um, Sam's like, okay, well, we need to talk to Rose. So the boys go to the doll room. Nobody's home. Um, Sam picks the lock. Have you noticed that Sam is often the one picking the lock? Yep. If the boys are together, Sam picks the lock. Almost (laughs) every time. Um... Dean just kicks doors down instead. <laughs> Dean's a little impatient. He even gets to kick a door down in this episode. Yes, he does. <laughs> so the boys sneak inside and go upstairs to Rose's room. This was the point of the episode where I said I really want to build this house in The Sims. <laughs> if I could find floor plans for it, I 100% would. Um, But they find Rose sitting in a wheelchair, and she... Uh, Sam tries talking to her, but it's seems that, like, she can hear him and is, like, processing what he's saying, but she can't respond. Yeah. You know? Um, and Sam pulls Dean aside and says that he thinks Rose has had a stroke. Um, so, 
Hoodoo is hands-on, so it can't have been Rose unless she's faking it. And this is the point where we get a, like, how do you know she's faking it? Poker? Poker with a stick? You're not going to poke her with a stick. (laughs) But before they can do anything, Susan arrives and uh, rightfully so kicks them out. Yeah. Um, So the boys leave. Um, and except they don't really leave. <laughs> <laughs> they pretend to leave. They pretend to leave. Um, inside, up on the landing, we see Tyler and Maggie playing jacks. Um, Susan asks if Tyler has started packing yet, and Tyler says that Maggie says they're not allowed to move. Um, Susan's... This is where we learn that Maggie is not real. Yes, yeah, such a good reveal. I love this. She's like, you are too... Maggie is imaginary. You're you are too old for imaginary friends. I'm tired of this. Uh, which... If your kid keeps using an invisible person as an excuse to not do things, <laughs> I'd get a little sick of it, too. <laughs> which makes us realize that Maggie might be a ghost. Yep. This is where... This is a... Um, dramatic irony where the audience knows something that the characters don't yeah um it's such a good reveal so we cut to a bit later susan is taking boxes out to her car and upstairs tyler's playing with a wind up oh also uh real quick maggie mentions that she doesn't like the mom Mm, she does like i don't like yes that's an important detail because we start to realize also that maggie's not really a very nice ghost Mm -mm. or a little bit angry ghost yeah so but yeah that is an important detail thank you for mentioning that babe that's that's pretty vital so susan we cut to but we cut to later susan's taking boxes out to her car um and i i kind of get the feeling that this is like they are like leaving today and the movies are coming movers will come in to take the rest of it yeah um so upstairs tyler is in the doll room playing with a wind-up like soldier toy when the swings on the dollhouse start moving on their own um, outside, a wind kicks up, uh, and the swings start moving, uh, and Susan, like, walks towards them. Which I think is used as a distraction. Yeah. It yeah. gets her, this, the swing set, the, the playground moving is to keep her attention off of the car that is just <laughs> turned on on its own, uh, behind her. Because the seesaw starts moving, and then the merry-go-round starts to spin, and then I would be the car's- I by that. <laughs> yeah, then the car's engine revs, and she starts to run from it. Apparently, Susan went to the Prometheus School of Running Away from Things, but lucky for her, Sam Winchester has arrived, <laughs> and he saves the day. He dives up, he, he grabs like, her right in the- He, like, right in time. sweeps her out of the way, like, like- <laughs> He, like, full-on picks her up, I swear. <laughs> they, like, then dives with her. It's quite the, quite the move. Um, it's kind of hot. <laughs> good thing they were right there paying Just attention. in time, yeah. Um, Susan and Sam are okay. Dean, Dean runs up, and they, he's like, we gotta get inside. So they head inside, and Susan's like, what the hell just happened? Well, Dean, her first comment is, whiskey <laughs> yes i love that <laughs> which same <laughs> yeah she wants whiskey so dean gets her a drink and she's like what the hell happened and dean's like do you want the truth and she's like yes tell me the fucking truth uh and dean's like well at first we thought it was someone doing hoodoo but now we think it's a ghost um uh and sam asks when rose had her stroke um susan's like First off, she's like, you guys are fucking insane. But also, her car just drove on its own and tried to kill her, so. Uh. 
<laughs> She's willing to believe they? at this point. <laughs> yeah. Um, Sam asks when Rose had her stroke, and Susan's like, why does that matter? Um, but she says it happened about a month ago, which is just before the death started. Um, and Sam is putting the pieces together. He's Rose was taught hoodoo by her nanny, uh, and has been protecting the house up until the point where she couldn't anymore. Yeah. Um, and they're like, you and your daughters, you need to get out of here. Um, which is where Susan is like, I only have one daughter. <laughs> and they're, Dean's like, I thought Tyler had a sister named Maggie. And she goes, Maggie is imaginary. <laughs> which is more pieces clicking into place. <laughs> uh, at this simultaneously, I assume, upstairs, Maggie is talking to Rose and telling her that Tyler is going to stay here forever. Um, when Tyler comes in and tells Maggie they're not supposed to be bothering Grandma. Um, and I didn't take very good notes of this moment. Because I cannot remember... Where is it? Um, Maggie says, you know, let's play. And Tyler asks if they can have a tea party. And Maggie says that they'll have lots of tea parties forever <laughs> and ever. Yeah, this this young actress does such a good job. Yeah, she does. She kills it. She's good at being creepy. Oh, I mean, I feel like all kids are good at being creepy. <laughs> I have to try yeah, sometimes, but she does a really good job. Um, is it with kids and scary movies doing a great yeah. job at being creepy? Yeah. <laughs> so the boys and Susan rush up to the doll room where they find like, I think there's the dolls are like broken. Some yeah. of the dolls are broken all over the floor, but they don't find Tyler, and Tyler's not answering. Um, and Sam asks if Susan knows anyone named Maggie. Um, and, uh, like, someone in your- someone who died previously, and she finally remembers that Rose had a sister named Maggie, or Margaret, who died as a kid. Um, and she drowned in the pool. Yeah. And we cut to the pool house, which I definitely will be building in The Sims. Because <laughs> this is su- this is a cool building. It's really um, cool. This is a great set. I, I love early season sets. They're so good. So good. Tyler and Maggie are standing on the, like, the outside of the railing of the upper deck. So they've climbed over the railing and are holding on to it, but still, like, standing on the deck. Um, Tyler is scared, um, but Maggie doesn't want Tyler to leave her. Um, is kind of what we... That's not what I wanted to click on. <laughs> Maggie tells Tyler that all she has to do is jump, and then she'll get to to be with Maggie forever. Or Tyler tell Maggie tells Tyler this. <laughs> what? <laughs> I, okay. Tyler tells Tyler that she has to jump, yeah. and they can be together forever. So the boys and Susan arrive at the door to see Tyler, um, and they can't see Maggie. Yeah. Um, they start trying to break down the door, which is. Apparently, like, what super is this built indestructible. Up? Yeah, gosh, <laughs> bulletproof <laughs> glass. Seriously, yeah. Uh, but they they can't get in. Before they get in, Maggie throws Tyler off the railing. Um, Dean asks if there's another entrance, and Susan says around back. Um, and she and De- Dean run for that while Sam keeps working on that first door. And he, after banging on it a few more times and realizing he is not getting anywhere, he grabs a vase, uh, like big concrete face thing. This thing is huge. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> smash the window to smash the, the glass with so you can get the door open. 
Which is also very sturdy glass. Yeah, for real. <laughs> like, literally it bulletproof glass. Like, Honest what to heck? God, what is this pool house made of? Um, <laughs> I don't make pool houses like they used to. Apparently not. <laughs> <laughs> so down in the pool, Maggie is holding Tyler under the water, but she hears someone calling her name. It's like It sounds like a little girl's voice a little bit. Yeah. Calling her name, and she disappears right before Sam breaks the door and he leaps over the railing like full, like tucks his legs up and just plunges like cannonball style into the pool um, and thank god that neither him nor Tyler get tangled up in the pool cover yeah. because a pool cover can be like you get caught in that I mean you, she did get caught in it at first for a while. Briefly, yeah, yeah. but she got out of it Yeah. And luckily her like kicking around has shifted the pool cover enough that Sam also doesn't get caught in it. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God. Because those are super dangerous. Yeah. Especially, like, that plasticky, like, that just floats on top. Yeah. That, that's the dangerous, really dangerous kind. Um, but Sam gets Tyler out right as Dean and Susan break down the other door. Um, and there's a brief moment with really dramatic music where you're like, is she dead? Yeah. Uh, but then Tyler coughs and she starts breathing again. Um, she is going to be okay. She is going to need therapy, but she will live. <laughs> um, Sam asks if Mag if she can if Tyler can see Maggie anywhere, and Tyler says that Maggie is gone. Um, we cut up to Rose's room where Rose and Maggie face each other, and we kind of get this one-sided conversation um, where Maggie is being offered something by Rose. Um, and we learned that it was indeed Rose who kept Maggie away, or, like, under control yeah. for so long. Um, <laughs> my notes go from really serious, like, here's what happens in the scene, to all caps, wet Sam. <laughs> he looks pretty. I love you. He's... <laughs> I know what screen caps I want to use for the episode art already, so, you know. That's one of my favorite details of this episode, is the fact that Sam's the one that jumps in the pool. <laughs> um, so, Sam and Dean and Rose and Tyler all, like, rush into the house. Um, Rose? Rose. Susan, sorry. Um, Rose Susan, cannot rush anywhere. <laughs> yeah, Rose is in a wheelchair. Um, oh, I forgot to mention the before we cut to Susan and Tyler um Maggie like reaches out and touches Rose's face uh -huh. um but so we from there we cut to Susan and Tyler like rushing upstairs probably to get dry clothes um and Susan's like we're leaving we just have to oh they also <laughs> to get grandma <laughs> forgot about grandma yeah, it's like leave grandma here yeah so they they are ahead of the boys um and so the boys follow them up and they stop in the doll room and Sam asks or Dean asks why Maggie like just stopped and they're like did something stop her and this is where like once again pieces clicking into place and they rush up to Rose's room to find Rose dead in her chair so um, we get Rose's dead buff both <laughs> don't make fun of my typos yeah susan and tyler have discovered rose's dead body um and susan like rushes tyler out that kid that poor kid that poor kid oh boy so we cut she's, to she's had a day yeah she's also had a, she's, she's had a life she's also seen a lot of dead bodies in like a week for, for a month. real <laughs> yeah 
So we cut to later. The coroner is back for the fourth time. He's, he's probably like... <laughs> Seriously? What is wrong with this place? Yeah. Um, he's I taking... I would start to question Susan at this point. He's taking Rose's body away, but... Well... The... The... The first lady drowned in a bathtub. The yeah. second guy fell down the stairs. The third one hung himself. Still be like, seriously, lady? And this... <laughs> then, then Grandma had a stroke. <laughs> so... But yeah, that's the conclusion the coroner has come to at the moment, at least, is that Rose had another stroke. Um, the boys, she, Susan asks if the boys think it was Maggie, uh, and they're like, yeah. Um, Sam apologizes, but she's like, why are you apologizing? Like, you literally saved both my life and my daughter's life. Like, d- yeah. Hello. <laughs> Hero. And she gives him a hug, which yeah. is really sweet. And then Dean's like, you could have gotten some milf action. Dean! <laughs> Really? You missed that line? (laughs) That's great. Oh my god. I didn't realize the word MILF existed at that point in time. (laughs) But let me yeah, let me find it in the transcript for ya. Think you could have hooked up some MILF action there, but I but (laughs) I'm serious. I think she liked you. (laughs) Uh but Sam is like Sam's not really interested. Um, he's probably still a little bit hungover. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but Dean's like, you know, we say, you saved the mom, you saved the kid, you did a good job, you know? And I Sam, think it helps, I think Sam feels a little bit better. He does. He, he definitely do feels a little bit better, but he also, it doesn't change what he he's, made Dean promise. He still remembers that. Yep. He, Dean even asks, Dean asks in the scene where Sam's, like, first woken up, so like, do you remember anything? If he remembers anything, and Sam never answers. just try and pretend that never happened if yeah. you don't remember it. Yeah. What are you... What are you doing? <laughs> don't worry about it. Just kidding. No, I was just looking to see if the wax had hardened again. I think it has. Yeah. <laughs> I just had curiosity. Uh, <laughs> she's suddenly curious. Yes. You're adorable. You um, don't get distracted. You're so cute. But... So, Sam definitely feels better. Um, I think Sam... I think being able to save someone helped him mentally yeah, a lot. So. Yeah, save two someones, really. Yeah, that's true. Um, after being told that he could potentially go evil, telling someone to go home because they'd be safe there, and then them not being safe, like, Sam is having a bit of a rough week. I'm yeah. assuming it's been, like, a week. I don't know. It's It's... I would assume no more than, like, two. Yeah. Um, but Sam's having a bit of a tough time. And he's definitely been, like, shoving it down. Um, as is the Winchester way. Uh, <laughs> so, like, I bet he feels better that he got got it out. The, yeah. The, what he was feeling. But he also definitely feels better in that he was actually able to save somebody. Especially because he seems to be kind of of the mindset that if he keeps saving people then he if he keeps doing the right thing or what he believes is the right thing then he won't go dark, dark side, side. <laughs> yeah but yeah that is where sam is left off in this episode dean is definitely i think really worried about his brother he's making pr- false promises to sam because there's is. no way he's ever gonna actually kill sam. never <laughs> it it will he could never do that. Yeah. So. 
as we've already known. Yeah. From uh, already established. Yep. Not happening. Sam's like life is Dean's number one priority. Um, sometimes to the detriment of Sam's own health, <laughs> mental well-being, but, <laughs> uh, but Sam's like, yeah, I might have been drunk, but you were not, and you made a promise. Um, Dean is not going to keep that promise. Zero plans to. He was crossing his toes. <laughs> the boys leave. Um, and I... This ending this is so such good. A, this is part of one of the, the things that it makes play things unique is because usually we end an episode with the boys boys, driving off but he in this one we get these gorgeous shots going up like across the yard you know through the gate and across the yard and through the 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 hotel yeah oh we get the the close the zoomed in shot the pictures of rose and the nanny on the fireplace where sherwin put it um and we go up to the doll room and we keep it slowly fades in the two two little girl voices counting, mm-hmm. and as we turn the corner into the doll room, we see Maggie and young Rose jumping rope yeah. together, which and is equally creepy and kind of heartwarming at the same it time. It is because <laughs> you realize, like Maggie, all Maggie really wanted was somebody. She didn't want to be alone. She didn't want to be alone. That was why, because that's was why it had been so peaceful. Yeah. In part, I'm assuming, until that and Rose keeping things under control, but... Because, you know, no one was leaving and... I'm assuming they planned to sell the hotel. Um, They'd been planning to do that for longer than a month. Yeah. Like, that's not, like, a split... That's, like, a long-term decision that has been made. There's a process to selling an so estate like yeah, that. Yeah, as long as, like, people were at the house and she was yeah. staying, well, staying in her house, she was happy. Yeah, but then... she didn't want anyone to leave. Then when <laughs> the hotel was... The whole closing process and selling process happened, yeah, that's probably what set her over the edge. But now, she will not be alone again. But isn't the hotel still gonna close? The hotel still will close, yes, but she's not really attached to the hotel, I think. She's more attached to just the people. Yeah. Um... And she will not be lonely. The The hotel is getting, like, demolished, though. So whatever yeah. gets built there in the future will probably also be haunted. Uh, <laughs> By, so two that. By two ghosts. By two ghosts. Two for the price of one. <laughs> you bought one on the house. They'll be happy now because they've yep. got each other. So. Yep. But yeah, I love the way they wrap up this cool episode. It's also cool that, you know, Grandma made the sacrifice mm-hmm. to save her granddaughter. You know? Mm-hmm. But I love, yeah, I love the way they wrap up this episode. I think it's it's very spooky, very effective. Yeah. What did you compare it to? The first scene with, like, the dollhouse? Oh, it's very, um, if you guys have seen The Haunting of Bly Manor. Yeah. The, the you know, the dollhouse and the dolls play a huge role in that, that uh that series so i haven't seen that it's on our to watch together oh, i want to show you so bad i think yes. you'll like it a lot <laughs> it's the kind of uh haunted spooky that i enjoy because mm-hmm. it's got more of a plot to it and it's not like outright like scary it's more just kind of creepy you know yeah but yeah that is i think that's it for playthings. i think also, we've kind of <laughs> sorry i like gay things <laughs> um i think uh, I think that's it. I think I've yeah. covered everything I want to. Um, 
It's, it's a so, good episode. Yeah, this is a really good episode. It's kind of a unique one. It is. It is. It's got some, like, it's got some, like, classic supernatural aspects, but it's also got some, like, things that are unique to this episode specifically. I also um, love that. Fun fact, Jared and Jensen were creeped the fuck out by these dolls. Jensen especially <laughs> Don't blame hates them. creepy dolls. Oh, same. Um, <laughs> and at one point, Jared stole a couple from set to prank Jensen with in his trailer, but there is... Jensen and Janiel did an architectural digest video, and in it, in their guest room of their old house in Austin, they had a little, like, creepy baby doll that Janiel thinks is adorable. Um, and Jensen was talking about how he sometimes, like, stays in that room. Like, if he gets his flight, comes in really late, he doesn't want to wake Janiel up, he'll sleep in that room, uh-huh. you know? And he's like, but I always turn the doll around. <laughs> It creeps him out. It's adorable. I'll just I'll link that video for you guys in the episode notes because um, it's it's really. Do they cute. have any kids? They do. They have three. Huh. They have JJ, who is eight, I think, seven or eight, and then they have the twins, um, Zeppelin and Arrow. Oh wow, that's so, cool. Yeah. And uh, twins. They're they're very cute. Zeppelin is like a little mini Jensen. It's adorable. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that is it for this episode. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. If you like what you hear and you haven't already, subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app. If you've made it to episode 31 and haven't subscribed, what are you doing? <laughs> Hurting we're, our feelings, that's what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> we're on Apple Podcasts, we're on Stitcher, Spotify, all those fun places. Um, please rate and review the podcast on iTunes. It really helps the algorithm, helps more people find us. And if you have fellow Supernatural fans that you think might enjoy our podcast, tell them about this. Um, if you want to reach out to us, you can find the podcast on Twitter at TalkAboutSamPod, on Instagram at we need to talk about Sam Podcast, and on Tumblr and TikTok at we need to talk about Sam. I run all of those accounts, um, but if you would like to follow me, my personal account, um, I'm Lil Red Who Could on Twitter and the Little Red Who Could on Tumblr. And Haley, where can the people find you? You can find me on Twitter at on 3 and Tumblr at hfthoughts-blog. Awesome. And of course, as always, all of those links will be in the episode notes for you guys, as well as um, the link to the artist who does our who did our outro music um, and whatever song I've used for this intro. And if I didn't do my own screen cap, where I got my screen cap. <laughs> so, yeah. Thank you guys again so much for listening, and we will talk to you next week. Bye. Party Joe Scandal from Bath and Body Works. It is um, bergamot, lilies, and tonka bean. Tonka so. Wonka. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired of delirious um, again. Surprise, she surprise. Haley, tired when we're podcasting? It's because we always Ever. do it at fucking 12.50 at night. <laughs> Last time we didn't record this late. It was we a little were, bit earlier, but... We were not going to record this late, but I wanted food, and so I made an entire pot of stew for the second time. Before we... been re- all week. Before we recorded. Before we recorded, yeah.
not even 10 minutes in and I'm running out of things to say. Oh boy. It hasn't been super eventful lately. No, it's been really boring. I'm just doing school. I wrote, um, like nine pages of my script this week though, which is way more than I wrote previously. I did not mean to make a marker there. (laughs) Oops. (laughs) Um, because previously I have not been writing my script at all. I've been really struggling with it. So, but yeah, this week I wrote nine pages. Yay. Yay. I uh, started NaNoWriMo. Ooh. I'm now four days behind, but I did start. <laughs> yeah, that's I, how it goes. I did just start. The first couple days go pretty good, and then you're suddenly, like, you <laughs> skip a day, and it just spirals. I'm going to still try and stick with it. I started a brand new story that I'm excited about. Uh, I haven't tried, like, a new story in years, so. Yeah, that's exciting. I don't know what's up with your laptop. I don't know what it's trying to do. <laughs> I think it was falling asleep. Um, I've been doing Supernatural November, which is a prompt challenge where they have 30 prompts for 30 days, and you can do as many, as few or as many prompts as you want. And I decided to challenge myself to do all 30, and I have written... Um, how many have I written? I don't even remember. Let me look at the prompt list. I've written 10. I've done 10 of the 30, so I'm a third of the way through. So, yeah. Why are you looking up movies in 1993? (laughs) I saw um, a YouTube video. It's like, what's your favorite movie for every single year you've been alive? I thought it'd be fun to make a list of that. Oh! I was born in 1993. But I think my favorite movie that came out in 1993 was Jurassic Park. That's classic. I wasn't alive. <laughs> Another close one is Nightmare Before Christmas and Hocus Pocus. Did you like nineteen or um, Hocus Pocus? Do you know, fun fact, my mom was watching that in the theater when it came out while she went into labor Ooh, with me. Jurassic Park Lost World came out in 1997. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> Did you hear me? call that one. She was watching Hocus Pocus. Yeah, when she went to labor. Oh yeah, I with can't me. remember you mentioning that when we were watching it the first time. Yeah, I don't recognize most of these movies. I recognize, um, yeah. Can I, I borrow a notebook and pen? Mine. The or a blank page. That one, right there. This one. Yep. The the one that you were using last time. Oh, this one. Or this one? I don't know what you're pointing at, babe. I can't see through you. This one? Yes. Okay. How would I point at the one that's underneath a whole bunch of stuff? Because that's what it looked like you are pointing at. I didn't even realize that one was there. That's my sticker notebook. You don't write in that one. <laughs> Ugh. Yes, there's a lot that came out. I would have to say for my birth year, it would be Jurassic Park Lost World. What was it? What, what would it be under? Let's see. 1998. Two hours later. Um, do you want to start first, and you can do your four years okay. before I was born, and then we can go back and forth once we hit 1997. These lists are subject to change, but for now, <laughs> especially 2021. 2021. <laughs> Jinx, you, you won't be a kiss. kiss. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna drop a marker so I remember. So I kind of have a vague idea that this is where. All yeah, right. let's start. I was born in 1993. And you were born when? 1997. <laughs> so. 
It's your 1993 pick. Jurassic Park. And I don't get to put that on my list because I wasn't alive yet. <laughs> my close, parents weren't even married. <laughs> the close second was um, Hocus Pocus, and there was one more. What was it? Oh, oh, I don't remember. Hold on. You're going to go back to 2000 or 1990. Just for this one. Hold on. Because there was one that was a close second. It was Nightmare Before Christmas? Nightmare Before Christmas, yes. Yeah. That's what I wanted to say, but I wasn't sure. So... All right, uh, 1994 is The Lion King. Classic. classic. 1995, Toy Story. Also classic. And 1996 is Jingle All the Way. I have not seen There was that. not a lot for me to choose from that year that I had seen, so. <laughs> you were four. It's a classic uh, Christmas movie, though. <laughs> I haven't seen that. All right, now you go first, and then I'll tell you mine. 97, Titanic. I had to pick Lost World. That's a good one. Yeah. Uh, 98, I put The Parent Trap, the remake. I put Prince of Egypt. <laughs> oh, that was a close second for me. That was hard. <laughs> I no movie, <coughs> no movie from 1998 beats out Prince of Egypt. I had Mulan originally, and then I was like, hold on a hot second. When did Prince of Egypt come out? <laughs> Mulan's also a that good one. has to go on list. I love Mulan, but I know every single word to the entire soundtrack of Prince of Egypt, <laughs> even the parts that aren't in English. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, 99 I put Star Wars A Phantom Menace It's a good one I put Scooby-Doo and the Witch's Ghost <laughs> Ooh, That was a close second too I like that, that was one. a formative movie for me <laughs> I had the biggest crush on Thorn yeah. Oh my god yes We just rewatched it recently We did We did I legit like took my the little phone when I, Once I discovered that movie And like the, by the time I had a phone you know, I was the kind of person who would record, like, songs on the radio with my phone and stuff. <laughs> um, I took my little phone and I recorded the Hex Girl song <laughs> so that I could have it That's to listen so to. Because I was madly in love and did not know it. Phantom Menace was very formative for me as well as oh, a Star I Wars fan. <laughs> <laughs> that was, like, one of the... I don't know if it was the first Star Wars movie that I'd seen. I think maybe my dad had, like, rented the old ones at Blockbuster mm-hmm. for me. But it had a very big impact I... on me. <laughs> I was definitely too young to have seen it. I don't... I feel like it was probably the first one I saw. Um, I did not see but, it in theaters because I was too young, but... Yeah, I definitely didn't see it until several, several years later. I guess I was seven, but I just don't think I saw it in the theaters. Yeah. <laughs> okay, next, uh, 2000, which was Emperor's New Groove. Yep. Which we both agreed on. <laughs> yep. It's a it great had to be, I think I had something else originally, and then I was like... When did Emperor's New Groove come out? And had to go back to that one. There's a couple, a bunch of them that I was like, hold on. Hold on a second. When did this movie come out? Hard to choose. <laughs> yeah. Although, when did uh, Sorcerer's Stone come out? Because if that was in 2000, that might beat it out. I think it was 2001. Was it? Okay. Yeah. Does it beat out your 2001 pick? No. <laughs> um, 2001, I put The Princess Diaries, because that had a huge impact on my childhood. I love that movie. I picked Jurassic Park 3. Which, which I did, is also a good I one. did not see the Jurassic Park movies until I was in high school, but those movies, literally those movies, are the movies that made me go, I want to make movies. Yeah. So. That's cool. The, that whole franchise has been, is very important to me. It holds a special place. I so I had to too. include as many as I could, except for I didn't include a single Jurassic World movie. <laughs> I like them. <laughs> I didn't either. But I, there were other movies that came out those years that I like more. Yeah. That's the next year. 2002? 2002, I put Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers. I put Spirit Stallion of the Cimarron. Because <laughs> I was in love with a horse. 
I fucking love the Lord of the Rings movies. <laughs> they are fantastic movies, the but only I reason... don't think I put any of the first... I don't. I didn't put either of the first two. The only reason Two Tower... Uh, uh, Princess Diaries beat out Fellowship is just because that Princess had a big Diaries. impact on me as a kid, so... Yeah. I've heard that re- they're really good movies. I just they're haven't really good, watched and them. they might make another one. There's rumors. <gasps> they better make it soon while... Uh, Julie Andrews is, Julie Andrews is still... On. I think she's still kicking. She's still healthy, it yeah, seems like. she's so. doing great. Okay, uh, 2003, of course, I put Return of the King. Same. Yep. <laughs> because also put Return of the King. one of the best movies ever made, in it's my opinion. It's so good. We also just watched Fellowship last night, so... Yeah. We're on a little bit of a Lord of the Rings high. Uh, <laughs> fucking love those movies. They're so They're good. They're still... I would list them as my... Probably my favorite movies of all time. I don't know Those if they'd are... be of all time, but they are in, like, my top ten. Yeah. So. My top ten, like, shifts around depending on my mood, you know? Yeah. So. Alright, 2004, I put Spider-Man 2, because <laughs> he introduced me to my love of Spider-Man and uh, superhero movies in general, so. Yeah. Love that movie. <laughs> I put New York Minute, the Mary-Kate and Ashley movie. <laughs> yeah, because, um, little... I didn't watch it until I was, like... 12 or 13 and I watched it so many times. It was on Netflix. They had a bunch of the Mary-Kate and Ashley movies on Netflix and I watched them all. All of the ones that were on Netflix. Good. I used to love the the one where they played soccer because I used to love soccer. Oh, that was a good one. I also really loved the one where they go to switching London. Switching goals. They switch yeah. teams. <laughs> I also loved the one where they go to London. I haven't seen that one. But. Um, but I watched New York Minute over and over again because I thought that one of the love interests was really cute. And then in, I think it was not till like 16 or 17, <laughs> when I was a couple years into watching Supernatural, that I realized that it was Jared. So You've crushed on him forever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to me. <laughs> in 2005, I put Chronicles of Narnia. I put Goblet of Fire. It's my, favorite. It's my favorite Harry Potter movie. For some goddamn reason. <laughs> 2006, we both put Aragon. We both put Aragon. We are awful. That no, movie we're not, is, okay? That movie is bad in the best ways. It's a terrible movie, but it was a big impact uh, on yeah. us. <laughs> yeah. So. I still I think the dragon was very well done. So yes! Yeah. That's the problem, though, is they spent all the money on the dragon. <laughs> and they didn't have any money she for anything great. else. great. The voice actress, I thought, was great. But I everything else sucked. Had, <laughs> so, I used to get National Geographic, like, kids magazines. And oh, they yeah? had a magazine that had, like, a whole section about the dragon. Oh my gosh, and I, I literally, <laughs> like, kept it forever until it was falling apart. <laughs> I need to find a copy of that. I think it actually probably got lost in, the mo- in a move. But, yeah. Okay, 2007, I put my favorite Harry Potter movie, Order of the Phoenix. I put National Treasure Book of Secrets. <laughs> it's also a good one. I love the National Treasure movies. My mom and I, when on Christmas Eve, will be like last minute wrapping presents, and our go to movie is National Treasure and National Treasure 2. <laughs> They're so, good. They're good movies. I've heard a rumor that they are making a third one and maybe a TV show. Ooh. Both with Nicolas Cage. <laughs> so, oh dear. <laughs> yeah. On Disney Plus, I think. They're both on Disney, which is very good news to me because I love those movies and I want to watch yeah. them again now. But They've right. always been made by Disney, right? Yeah, but I didn't realize they were on Disney Plus. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. All right. 2008. I put Chronicles of Narnia, Prince Caspian. We both put Prince Caspian. <laughs> We were both a little bit in love with Susan. 
Yes. And by a little, I mean a lot. <laughs> but I was also a little bit in love with Ben Barnes. <laughs> by bisexual problems. Yep. Uh, 2009, I put Star Trek, the reboot movie. I put Half-Blood Prince. Because I didn't see <laughs> Star <good> Trek. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 2010, I put Deathly Hallows Part 1. I also put Deathly Hallows Part 1. In 2011, I put Deathly Hallows Part 2. I put Thor! <laughs> because that was the first Marvel movie I ever watched. And it was a very formative experience for a, this this Loki fan. Long-time Loki fan. <laughs> uh, 2012, we both put The Hunger Games. Yep. Great movie. <laughs> Such a good movie. I love that whole franchise. Yeah, they're all good. I need to read the Song of whatever yeah i, I want to get that one and read it i have it you have it yeah my mom bought me the f- the box set for christmas oh it's... yeah okay um it might be in my closet actually well, i would maybe show I'll have you to borrow it for but i don't sometime. feel like getting up again uh 2013 i p- originally put catching fire but switched it to hobbit desolation of smog <laughs> to I speed p- it out a little bit i put gravity i was tempted by catching fire but i had to go with gravity it's such a good movie is it Missouri, movie? 2014. Hobbit, Battle of the Five Armies. <laughs> I put John Wick. <laughs> I originally had all three John Wick movies, but then I remembered some other movies that had come out, and so they, they one by one got knocked from the list, but I had to keep the original, the oh, first the, John Wick. By the way, so a good. close second in 2012 was The Avengers. It was a hard choice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I blew her mind by telling her I don't really like The Avengers movies. <laughs> They're not my favorite. They're good, and I'll watch them, but I wouldn't put them in my top Marvel movies. Yeah. So. 2015, I changed my mind three times. <laughs> she did. I originally put Age of Ultron, then remembered Guardians of the Galaxy came out that year, so uh-huh. I put that. And then I also and then like remembered that The Force Awakens came out that year, too. Yep. So I chose The Force Awakens. And I had to pick <laughs> The Martian. That was the easiest year, I think. Yeah. I also love um, the Martian. Well, 2016 was pretty easy, but 2015, like, I literally, like, went, I searched movies that came out in 2015, and it, Martian popped up, and I was like, done, moving on. <laughs> didn't that even have to, like... 2016 for me. I literally didn't even, like, flip through to see what other movies might have come out that year. I've seen that movie, like, six or seven times. I've read the book at least three times. I love The Martian. <laughs> it's, a good, it's a good one. It's great. 2016, uh... Was what a little pick? difficult, but easy when I remembered that Civil War came out. Captain America Civil War, so yeah. I had to put that one. I think that might be one of my least favorite Cap- of the Captain America movies. Really? Yeah. I, I think love that one. For me, it goes Winter Soldier, First Avenger, then Civil War. Um, but for 2016, I put Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Also a great one. Yeah. One of the few franchises that I have actively sought out fan fiction for. <laughs> so, there's that. <laughs> 2017 I also struggled with I changed my mind three times as well <laughs> because first I put Spider-Man Homecoming and I also remembered that Wonder Woman came out that same year don't block the microphone <laughs> and Thor Ragnarok oh that's a good one but finally decided on The Greatest Showman <laughs> it's a good move yep. I originally had John Wick 2 I think for 2017 um, but I changed it to Baby Driver which was the first movie that I watched, or watched with a director's commentary. Uh, highly recommend. 
doing that. <laughs> I never thought I'd like that. I was like, why the heck would you watch a movie and listen to somebody else talk over the top of it? And then I watched Baby Driver with the director's commentary and was like, oh, oh, oh no, this is the best. I love this. <laughs> not seen so, it, so. We're gonna watch that. We're gonna have to fix that. Uh, 2018, we both chose Love, Simon. Yep. There was a lot of good movies that came out that year and it was hard, but. Oh, it was really hard. I was torn between Love, Simon and Black Panther. Both of which mm. I saw multiple times at the also, Dollar Theater. Also, Infinity but... War came out that year, too. Oh, it did. But Love, Simon has a it's lot of meaning a, to both yeah, of us, so. just special. 2019. Uh, 2019, I put, of course, Avengers Endgame, because I can't not put Avengers Endgame. <laughs> I didn't put Avengers Endgame. I put <laughs> Knives Out, which was the last movie that I watched before the movie theater is closed for quarantine because I didn't see movie, uh, didn't see a lot of movies because I was poor. So on New Year's Eve um, of 2019, 2020, I went to the AMC by my apartment and got the biggest bu- bucket of popcorn and I watched Knives Out for like the third time <laughs> <laughs> with my headphones in because I was listening to the in-theater commentary that Ryan Johnson had recorded. That, that uh, that's I'm such a great sure, movie, honestly. I'm pretty sure I still have that commentary saved on my phone, too. Um, you showed it to me, and I loved it. So it was a good movie. I love that movie. That's another one I've seen multiple times. That's become one of my comfort movies, you know? When I'm, like, having kind of a shitty day, I just pop on Knives Out, and I feel better. So. In 2020, we both put Hamilton. <laughs> Which kind of counts, right? As a movie. What else came out in 2020? What was the other movie we considered? Old Guard. I Old considered Guard. Old Guard, they but I feel were, like... They both were streaming service movies. Yeah. Because that's how 2020 rolled. <laughs> I feel like Hamilton, at least for me, kind of defined 2020 in yeah. some ways. So, like, it, it was a... It introduced me to Hamilton, and it's now one of my favorite musicals, so... Yeah. I'd seen Hamilton... I mean, I'd, I'd listened to all the music from Hamilton before. Like, I already have listened to the soundtrack a million times. But I think just the release of the the recording was, like, huge yeah. for theater fans everywhere. So. And 2021... We both chose a different Marvel movie. Yeah. <laughs> it was hard to choose, but... It's really, it was hard to choose. As of so far this year... I chose Shang-Chi as my favorite. And I had to pick Black Widow. And I am pretty certain that Black Widow will stay as my 2020 movie. You think? Yep. I think... I am excited for for Eternals and for the new Spider-Man movie. Yeah. But Black Widow, just the themes it touches on, the character building it does, just everything about that movie was super... Like, it hit, it hit me in a way that, like, few other movies have before. I have a very so. strong feeling that Spider-Man No Way Home is going to uh, blow it out of the water for That's me. That's going to be a good one. I mean, I love Shang-Chi, and I love Black Widow, but a, spider, <laughs> that is gonna a be live-action a good Spider-Verse movie, including, like, Tobey Maguire, which was, like, my first Spider-Man, uh, I'm going to lose my fucking mind, so <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's going to be a good one. I'm excited for that movie. I'm also really fucking excited for Eternals. It looks really good. But I also I, really like Dune. I've seen Dune. I haven't seen that yet. But, yeah. Regardless of how excited I am for the other Marvel movies that are going to come out this year, I am still fairly certain that Black Widow is going to stay it's as my number one. It's a great movie, though. I love it. I would probably put it in my top five Marvel movies. 
Hmm. So we gotta make a separate like list of our favorite Marvel oh, movies. <laughs> we can do that next week. <laughs> like our top five, maybe. I yeah. Don't know. For now, um, now that we're almost two hours into this <laughs> recording already, should we talk about Supernatural? <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. I'm already going horse now. Oh no. All right, you ready? Yep. Mm-hmm.